0: This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the Clay Young Show. A lot to get to this week. Welcome back to another edition of the Clay Young Show here on Podcast 225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107.3 mobile app. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate the comments on last week's show. As always, you can email me directly, clay at podcast225.com or on Facebook backslash Clay Young or on Twitter at Clay Young BR. You can throw us a follow there and keep up with what's going on uh, with the show and a lot of the community things that we are involved with. This is very interesting today. We're not only going to talk about the 2017 Smoke'Em that is set to take place on Sunday, May 21st at Ben 77 Bistro in the courtyard there inside of Perkins Row. And I'll tell you about a new sponsor that came on board with that. But many of you know that I am involved with a law enforcement foundation, the Capital Area Law Enforcement Foundation, serving about seven parishes. And we've raised over a quarter of a million dollars and we've bought protective gear for law enforcement uh, across our coverage area there, if you will. We've bought, we've bought protective gear for not just the Baton Rouge Police Department, but departments in smaller communities. I think we outfitted every police officer in the Baker Police Department with vests, and there are other things that we have done in the way of equipment and things that we intend to do. Well, along those lines, there is a fundraiser that is happening this weekend as this show is going up. I know that many of you hear the show when it drops. And so I'm hoping to catch some of you before that has happened. Now, if you are listening to this show after May 1st, you have missed what took place this uh, this past weekend, if you're hearing it then Uh, on Sunday, April 30th. There is a fundraising gala, a get-together at Sullivan's Steakhouse in the middle of Baton Rouge. My buddy Leo Verde, the general manager of Sullivan's, is going to be joining us here in just a second to talk about what's happening there and a little bit of the mission behind Caliph as well. On Monday, May 1st, at the Santa Maria Golf Course, there is going to be a golf tournament there connected to this event, both... About benefiting the Capital Area Law Enforcement Foundation. Uh, There is so much going on across this country as it relates to law enforcement and our communities. And I've said this before, that law enforcement officers are a reflection of so many communities. They are male, they are female, they are black, they're white, they're Hispanic, they're Asian. It's just... A mosaic of the country with some of these departments. And you have heard me speak with law enforcement officers, both actively serving and retired, about the need to bridge the communication gap between our communities and law enforcement. And that is actually going on, and there are groups trying to do it. Our group is hopefully one of them. But in the interim, we do want to buy protective gear. Did you know that there are officers who have worn vests that have expired and that there are departments that cannot afford to buy vests for their officers because of budgetary reasons? And that is one of the reasons why this organization was founded. It was because we wanted to be able to supplement some of that and help provide protective gear for law enforcement officers. And in just a second here, Leo's going to jump on with us so that we can talk about that. The main reason we wanted to do this was to make a difference. Now, many of you know I'm involved with causes of all different types, from sickle cell anemia to the American Cancer Society to the countless nonprofits that help kids in the inner city to supporting those who are trying to make a difference. I just believe in the axiom or, or really the scriptural saying that to whom much is given much shall be required and I try to give back as much as I can but that also includes our family and law enforcement and that's why we are doing this so without further delay let's get Leo in here to talk a little bit about what's happening this weekend as we record the open, beginning at Sullivan's and then of course moving on to Santa Maria as well. He is Leo Verde, the longtime general manager of Sullivan's Steakhouse here in Baton Rouge. Leo is not only at the helm of one of Baton Rouge's premier places to grab a meal. He is also one of the most devoted citizens in terms of the community. And he and I are two of the four founding members of the Capital Area Law Enforcement Foundation. Leo, what's going on, brother?
1: What's going on, my friend? (laughs) This is uh, an exciting week for us, you know. Uh. With everything is about to happen in the next five day uh, five days, I can't wait, Clay. It this is, is a, a dream developing. It really, really is an amazing is. amazing thing.
0: It is, it is. So let's and I I stated it earlier. Let's talk a little bit about Sunday, April thirtieth, the the kickoff, if you will, to the to the Caliph back to back events. It's at Sullivan. Let's talk about what's going to be happening there.
1: Well, you know, it's going to be at Sullivan's at six o'clock. Uh, At night is going to start. You know, Business Casual is going to be our dress code. We have a great, great band, Cold Grits, volunteering to give their time to help us for this great, amazing cause. Uh, Tons of food. You know, we're going to have a lot, a lot of food available. Uh, There's no cover to come into the the restaurant that night. Uh, We do ask you to think about why you hear the cause, and of course we'll be taking, you know, donations at the door, and you know you can contribute in any particular way that you wish to. Uh, a silent auction as well as a live auction, that which is going to be spearheaded by uh, uh, no other but uh, Victor Howell. That's right. Uh, you know, local local TV and radio personality. Uh, Victor is also giving himself for this event uh, some great great prices that we. Um, a lot of people have worked very hard to attain and we're just going to have a good time. And you know, the bottom line is that we're here for great cause. You know, the, the cause is, is incredible and everybody wants to help. So I, I'm pumped brother. Uh, and then of course the golf tournament the next day.
0: Well, and, and the golf tournament is at Santa Maria the next day, the Monday, May 1st, and that's going to be a great event as well. Correct?
1: Correct. I mean, we, uh, you got the great folks from Santa Maria to help us out. Eight o'clock uh, on Monday, May the first, will be our first Caleb Golf Tournament. By now, sitting by around fifty, so my teams already Clay, which wow. is incredible for a first-time event. That's right. Uh, tons of tons of platinum sponsors, gold sponsors, and silver sponsors. So uh, I looked at the weather. It's going to be a beautiful day. High in the mid seventies.
2: Nice. And, you know,
1: low in the mid-50s. So uh, it's looking like we're going to have a great event. We still got time to do some uh, whole sponsors as well as some uh, golf cart sponsors and t- uh, 10 sponsors as well.
0: Now, let's give a shout-out to the t- to the folks at Brock, Leo, who have been so great with, you know, helping us pull this thing together.
1: Well, uh, we we. Could not done this without them. I mean, there's no way. You know, we we have no expertise on. I mean, I have no expertise. No, no me neither. Golf tournaments. Nope, I mean, not at like all. none of us do. Nope. We know Pat doesn't. <laughs> uh, he does so, not. You, know, <laughs> you know, So like we were totally clueless, and then the the great folks at Brooks, uh, you know, came and approached us. And I tell you why it's a beautiful marriage. Uh, what they've done, what they've been able to do. Uh, big shout out to I mean Pam. Uh, Van Norman, which is, uh, I mean, uh, if you want to throw a golf tournament together, this is the lady uh, that you deal with. And of course, Matt DeVille, Santa Maria, Fabian at Santa Maria. And, I mean, we can go on and on with all the sponsorships and all the sponsors that helped make this event what it's going to be. Well,
0: you know, as we as we wrap this, I just want you to take a second or two to talk a little bit about what the Capital Area Law Enforcement Foundation has been, what we are trying to achieve. I spoke about it earlier, but I'd like you to put it in your own words. Why we created this and what we hope we can accomplish with it.
1: Well, I mean, we—you we, can't talk about Calves without talking about, you know, the, the, our four heroes um, that, that, you know, that what happened last summer in the Baton Rouge area. So, you know, the day we started brainstorming, you you know, Pat Engle, Veronica Mosgrove, myself. And, you know, we felt impotent. We felt like that we needed to do something to to help our community, make our community a better place to live. And, you know, we needed to do something for, for these guys that, that, that put their life on the line every day. So, you know, that's when we came up with Kellers, Capital Area Law Enforcement Foundation. You know, it's a nonprofit foundation. You know, our sole objective is to assist law enforcement officers to give them protective gear you know we're not giving them guns we're not giving them billy clubs we're not giving them tear gas all we're doing is putting vests on our law enforcement officers in order for them to go out there and do their job um you know we've been able to raise uh, close to, what, four hundred, dollars some $1,000 in less than nine months. Yep. Uh, you know, we're helping. It started just BRPD in East Baton Rouge. And before you know, we, we got eight, nine different parishes and all kind of different police departments and sheriff departments that we help. Um, and it's also to assist the families of law enforcement, you know, in, in a time of crises in a time of need uh, for us to be there for them. You know, you, everybody knows that we have the, the 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 three wives of the original three officers in our in our board. Yeah, uh, Mr. James Tullier and Nick are part of our board as well. So um, you know, it, it's 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 a great cause what we're trying to do. And and like I said, we don't take political stands on anything. All we're trying to do is buy protective gear, so these guys can go, these guys and gals can go home to their loved ones every night and. They don't have to use their money to buy this. equipment. You know, we can buy it for them on these days of crises with budgets and cuts and and everything that's going on. uh, We there to perhaps, you know, help a a, a department uh, purchase their equipment.
0: Man, very, very well said. I'll let you get back to work there at Sullivan's. I'm looking forward to this weekend. And I just say, if you're in if you're in anywhere close to Baton Rouge, you really don't want to miss Sunday night at Sullivan's Steakhouse. You just don't want to yeah, miss it's,
1: it. It, it. It's going to be beautiful. I mean, look, I, I've gotten so many RSVPs and calls and texts and messages. I mean, it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be the party of the spring, yep. early summer. I really think it is.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to it, brother. Thank you for being on the show, man.
1: Uh, thank you, brother. Let, let me get back and uh keep putting a little bit of details back together for this. I think it's gonna be two great, amazing days for the Capital Area Law Enforcement Foundation. And we're gonna raise a lot of money.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Leo Verde, general manager of Sullivan's Steakhouse, talking about the Capital Area Law Enforcement Foundation Gala taking place at Sullivan's on Sunday, April 30th in the golf tournament at Santa Maria the next day. We appreciate Leo being on. Up next, is Hollywood about to leave Louisiana for good? Is the movie industry in Louisiana as we have known it over? Patrick Mulhern... With the Celtic Movie Studios, and there is a headline, because I could add the word formally to that, he'll explain on the other side of this break here on The Clay Young Show.
1: This is Dr. Mary Catherine Roderick. And I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your hosts for The Waiting Room Podcast here on Podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on Podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk107 three mobile app
0: clay young here with john conroy the founder and owner of pest stop do-it-yourself pest control solution making your yard great again he is and this is the outdoor season john people are outside having crawfish boils and barbecues and the fleas are pests but oh, you they, can help them with
2: it yeah we really can this is the time of year you want to get out there and get in front of this because this is going to be a bad season it's been such a mild winter and right had a lot of rain in the area yeah you want to treat with a liquid or a granule but it has to be a product that targets both the adult and the pre-adult stages now what if someone has fleas but they don't own a pet well we actually see that quite often believe it or okay, not because okay. you have other animals in the yard that aren't getting treated like okay. squirrels and roaming cats and okay. possums, etc yeah, yeah so yeah they'll they'll jump on your leg for example when you're mowing the yard sure and they'll sure. just hitch a ride and come on in come on into the house stuff sounds amazing where can I find it in the New Orleans area well, our Metairie store is located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the pepper Mill. on the north Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190 in the same shopping center as Villery Florist and Sherwin Williams and on the west bank on the palco just past the Harvey Bridge. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show.
0: He is the executive director of Celtic Studios, the Hollywood of the South hub, if you will, uh, here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, just down the road from where we are right now. His name is Patrick Mulhern. And, uh, Patrick, man, you made waves a few days ago announcing that you are going to be leaving Celtic Studios. (laughs) That is true. That is true.
3: For the short term, I'm there through the end of June. Now, uh,
0: I want to get to that, and I want to talk a little bit about what Celtic has done. But I mentioned to you a moment ago that we haven't seen each other, actually, since the flood. I think we've communicated a couple times, but not in person. Right. And I just want to commend you, man, on the the job that y'all did, stepping up right after that. I mean, here is this multi-million dollar facility that has done so much in the way of movies. I mean, there have been some mega stars who have come through Celtic to do productions. And without hesitation, you opened that place up to help our people here who were hurting so bad and who were so displaced after the floods of last August. So, Really proud of what y'all did, man. You know, we've been friends a little while, but you you really stepped up then.
3: Well, thanks. I mean, yeah, I would say that in my eight years at Celtic, it's probably the most rewarding thing yeah. we ever did. Yeah, um, You know, yeah, we roll out the red carpet for – big time Hollywood folks all the time, right? Rolling out the red carpet for our own community. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, um, again, not something we planned on, sure. Something we hope we never have to do again. Yeah. But nobody uh, did really. Right. (laughs) right. Well, I mean, when you're dealing with the worst natural disaster in the history of Baton Rouge, you know, you, you gotta think outside the box you gotta, you gotta do, uh, whatever, whatever it takes. And I mean, we saw what was going on on the news. I mean, it looked bad and just kept getting worse. And we kind of put it out there that like, hey, you know, if this gets bad enough, just remember that we are available right. and open if, right. uh, you know, if something happens to be news. I mean, we we're almost kind of thinking that nobody was prepared for what happened. But right. we were talking about, you know, they at least might need a command post or mm-hmm. they might need a place to stage trucks uh-huh, or, uh-huh. or whatever. So we we're just kind of putting it out there that, hey, yeah, we're open. And again... Kind of a sore spot that we were open because it had been so long since we'd had a film because of what right. happened with the legislation yeah. and all that. Yeah, which we'll talk about as well. But, you know, on this kind of like, I call it like a spiritual level, I felt like, man, things Got to happen- do something. Well, things happen for a reason. Yeah. You know, I mean, we very well could have had some giant film right. there that had every stage filled and right. we couldn't have done that. But right. But timing was everything. And so... Um, when we got that call about 1 o'clock in the morning, one thirty in the morning uh, on that Saturday. Well, actually, excuse me, it was the Sunday. and Because uh, <clears throat> the rain started on
0: Thursday, and I actually remember the day the rain was starting. This is kind of an odd mental marker, but <laughs> right. I was meeting with Tim Mockler, and we started joking about the weather, and we were in Perkins Row right down the road from here, right, and left, and... You know, it looked like it was going to rain, and then it started, and really <laughs> never stopped. And then by Friday, it it really didn't seem like that much of an out of the ordinary rainstorm for Baton Rouge. I'll be honest; when it was going on, I didn't think very much of it, man. It wasn't until Friday evening, Friday night, really, that we we it was like, where did all this water come from? You yeah, know, exactly. And then Saturday was just a mess. So take me inside of the decision-making to do this.
3: Well, well, sure. I mean, of course, like I had talked to you know a couple of government folks on Friday just saying, hey, just remember, yeah. we are available. Yeah. We let the Red Cross know and some others. You know, worse comes worse. Because we had done this, in a sense, before, when we had Hurricane Isaac, um, we opened up two of our stages to Red Cross volunteers from around the country. Mm-hmm. They had to have some place to go and mm-hmm. put their cots and, of course, were air-conditioned. Air and, right. And so it worked out then. So it was kind of like there was precedent for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're right. It, by Friday, things just started deteriorating. I mean, you started hearing about places flooding that never had flooded before. Right. You know? And then by Saturday, I remember... The conversation, I was at Calvin's uh, <laughs> get chicken salad because I'm addicted to that. Yeah. That's a like crack. Yeah. So so I'm, I'm there and uh, I get a call from Neil Patel, you know, who's yeah, that we work with, uh, Cornerstone Governmental Affairs, mm-hmm. you know, real close with Neil. And he says, man, this is bad. This is, it is not looking good. And so I'm starting to put it out there for you a little bit that, yeah. you know, that, hey, look, call Patrick if, if things get ugly. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Just let me know course i didn't hear a thing until one thirty in the morning yeah you know, that that night or or, or, or sunday and, and uh it was neil and adam nap and adam's yeah. like man look things are looking bad places are starting to take on water a little bit that were going to be shelters like you know uh how soon can you get people over there because he had william daniel like on the other phone yeah. or something and and i said well to be honest with you there is nobody at Celtic right now because this is a true story we had security round the clock 24/7 for about a decade we had laid them off their last day was that friday oh. because things had been so slow with the film industry so there was literally nobody there and so i said uh well look the stages are like hot boxes in the summer you right. know i mean when you've got you know that kind of heat for you know it takes hours to cool them down sometimes right. and these are Big, oh, big yeah. facilities. Cons- think about a
0: warehouse that's larger than any that you've ever seen.
3: Yeah, thirty-one thousand square feet. Yeah. Some of them are seventy feet to the peak. I mean, Th- right? They're, they're that's huge, right. And they're metal buildings. Right. Right. And so, um, and so they said, "Well, how long will it take?" I said, "Look, can you give me like you know two hours or mm-hmm. something because we want to cool down stages?" And he said, "We don't have two hours. There's people on buses right now." Right. I said, "We'll probably call you back uh, and tomorrow we need you to open up show." Okay, that's fine. You know, so I, I try to go back to sleep. You know, mm-hmm. going <laughs> to get the next call like. Three o'clock in the morning, and it's OEP. It's like uh, we need you to get to Celtic as fast as you can because we've got nowhere to put these people. More shelters are flooding, and we have people on buses, and they're in bad shape. And so, I called Aaron Bam, as uh, our director of studio operations there. I said, "Look, we got to get over there and <laughs> get it right." And so, it's again, it's a matter of like getting the lights on, getting right. the, the air conditions running, and stuff. And sure enough, uh, about five o'clock in the morning, the first uh, police car, or sheriff's car, came down Celtic Drive with the lights on. And they said, are you guys ready? And he said, well, yeah, we've got the stages open and, you know, the air conditioning is running. And they said, well, here they come. Wow. <laughs> and it was just bus after bus after bus. And they just kept coming. That, if you think about one month earlier, where Baton
0: Rouge was in terms of morale, in terms of the way that I believe people were trying to turn us against each other exactly. from the outside, and the, tra- you know, the tragedy that had happened and all of these things. A month later, it was like that never happened. Mm-hmm. And people said, our neighbors need us. Let's go. Yep. I mean, what you did on a super large scale is an example of the generosity of this town. But we saw people jumping in boats, getting their four-wheelers, yep. driving through areas. It truly was a great reflection of the soul, if I could say that, of this community in that in spite of all of that stuff, right. hey, man, let's go help one another.
3: Clay, I'll be honest with you. I don't, after that experience, I don't know that I want to live anywhere else in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just seeing the way this community can come man. together and respond yeah. and the way we take care of each other. Right. So, again, like, we're talking five o'clock in the morning as all these buses are rolling in. There's like nothing to, I mean... You know, we're, we're scrambling, running around the studio, trying to find any chairs that we can, because we got old people, you know? Right. You, you've got sure. uh, mothers with babies yeah. that need formula. I mean, it's yeah. it's like a mess. People yeah. who haven't eaten in 24 hours. Right. People who've lost everything. You know, yeah. they've got nothing but the clothes on their backs. And so, right. you realize that, okay, well, we're about to be overwhelmed. And AT&T is out, you know, so... Oh, man. So, right. So, yeah, I'm trying to call people on my cell phone, and it's that, you know... That was, that was <laughs> not
0: great for them. No. And, you know, I can remember that Saturday... I heard from some friends, and they had been flooded. They're out, uh, I guess, not far from the O'Neill area. Right. And they flooded the video of 10 feet of water on, what was it, uh, in Shenandoah, on Jones Creek. Oh, God. It's like, when you think about that, having driven these roads and been around this town, you're thinking there's just no way that you could see seven, eight feet of water on some of these roads. Windbourne Avenue over there had so much water. That church had like water almost up to the ceiling. And
3: what is that? It was unrecognizable, you know? And, and, uh, look, so when, when we had no way of communicating with our cell phones right. or whatever, so I ran into like the guard shack at the, and got on the computer and, uh, just I put a Facebook message out there, right? Right, and that's what I love about living in this kind of big small town or small mm-hmm. big town. However, you, I mean, I knew you know folks in the media that could just kind of tag on. It's like, right. hey guys, can you get this out there? Right, you know, saying, hey, we need this, this, and mm-hmm. this, and. um, I think WAFB read it like word for word. Yeah. What I Posted. Yeah. And within less than an hour, people were showing up and they were showing up in such a big way. Costco across the street, those guys just opened up the, the store right. and started throwing, you know, in carts and rolling it over. Not thinking well, about, and know.
0: I love the fact that they just allowed. I think they just allowed people to come in to get supplies. Yeah. They kind of suspended the membership right. clause to let people come in. And I remembered after Gustav, Sam's did that the Costco wasn't here then but Sam's Club did that opened up said hey whether you have a membership or not you can come in and get supplies again man you just said it the way this town came together the business community it really was an example and it almost it was it was cathartic for Baton Rouge because it just crushed all of the divisiveness that had been in the air here Weeks earlier, right? That experience. And then afterwards, it was just putting people back in their homes. It wasn't about being divisive. It wasn't about, you know, us against them. Hatfields McCoy kind of crap. It was really about us helping neighbors. And I just wanted to commend you. Let's talk a little bit about uh, because it's been, I think, gosh, over a year since you've been here for people who don't know. And there are many people who pass by Celtic every day and don't know it's there because of
3: how tucked away it is. Celtic Studios has been around for how long? Oh, goodness. I mean, they started construction on it, like, 2006. Okay. Uh, first main building, that O'Connor building, uh, came online in 2007. First big stage opened in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, second one in 2009. That's when I got there was yeah. in 2009. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of finished the job on building stages in 2010. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, we've had some of the biggest uh pole productions that, that that the nation has seen and <laughs> I want to
0: take because when we get to the the value of Celtic and what the movie industry could do for Louisiana this will be it it will make more sense and be in better context a, a, after we go through this so let's talk about some of the pictures that people may have gone to see on television that were either in in, in their entirety or or a majority, or some large portion of them, shot right down the road from here in your studios.
3: Oh goodness! Well,
0: I know Oblivion was one because I was there. You gave me a tour one time right after Cruz had been there. He and <laughs> he and Morgan Freeman had been in in Baton Rouge. But go ahead.
3: Well, of course, we had Battle Los Angeles, our first big. That's one. right. That was you know Marine, Aaron Eckhart, Marines yeah. versus Aliens, yeah. and we followed it up with the Navy versus Aliens. Yes, like the Battleship, the yes. Universal's, yep. you know, big big tent pole, Transformers on the Waters. What right. people call it. But That's anyway. right. So you got that that we had at the same time as uh, Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn parts one and two. Yep. So Kristen Stewart, Robert That's right. Pattinson. All oh that, my gosh! Yeah, 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 all that supernatural teen romance. Um, <laughs> uh, the woman who did Twilight also did one called The Host, which was like supernatural teen romance with aliens. Yeah. Right. So they followed. So that was kind of you know in between. Oblivion mm-hmm. with Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. you know, again, a big NBC Universal uh, tentpole. It's a big sci-fi. movie. Yeah, it was. That's probably my favorite movie yeah. that it shot there. I think. Yeah. Um, of course, we had. Again, I don't judge content. I just judge spending. We had 20th Century Fox's Fantastic Four, which was not a. Well,
0: that not was a, done there. I didn't a, even know that. Oh
3: wow! Yeah, not a huge success at the box office, no. but. Uh, it was basically there from, in, in some fashion, from uh, September of 2013 all the way through, let's say, May of 2015. Wow. So... You know, I think... Ca- I just think that genre... Has
0: lost a little bit of its pop because there's so many of those movies now. Yeah. When where when that first Fantastic Four movie came out, that genre of superhero movie was so kind of new. Uh-huh. But since then, it's hard to impress people with this stuff because there's so many of them out there now.
3: Right? Well, and, and this <laughs> I've said before the 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 flood is the the biggest natural disaster we've had since uh, or we've had since <laughs> had fantastic Fort. four it was I mean let's just be honest they kept rewriting it they kept yeah. reshooting it yeah. rewriting reshooting yeah just they couldn't decide what they wanted to do with it and it, it didn't end up uh, doing too hot we uh, um, I you know I took the kids to
0: see that movie and uh, my sons and they they enjoyed it and it yeah. was okay I. Probably wouldn't have wanted to see it again. Uh, probably really didn't want to have to finish it in there. But no, I,
3: I, Same with my... I mean, a nine-year-old's expectations are much different.
0: Oh, no question. Uh, you know, and I, I've never asked you this question. Now I'm thinking about that. The... I See, I can't ask that because you're not going to say. I was going to say the biggest celebrity douchebag you've run across, but you're not going to say a name, so I won't <laughs> ask you the question. Uh, uh, that, I can, that I'm going to tell you offline. So, but, <laughs> okay. Uh, but the most down to earth celebrity you have met in terms of their just their relatability to people even though that they were a big deal based upon what they had done
3: okay well, you know, uh, there's a show right now called Mr. Robot. Have you ever seen this? I've Hatties. seen the... Uh, on, uh, yeah on USA. Uh-huh. This That's this right. It's a critically acclaimed show. I've seen the show,
0: but I've seen the trailers and previews for yeah,
3: it. Is, it is probably one of the best shows on television. Um, really, really intricate. Um, and if you've never seen it, it's worth like binge-watching. It's so good. The main character is uh, played by... Or, because he's Mr. Robot, uh, he is played by Rami Malek. I think is his name. Okay. okay, and and he was in. You've seen him in all kinds of stuff. Everything from Night at the Museum, um, but he was in. Twilight. I remember that. I, I, he was one of the. Um, was he a Pharaoh? I think
0: or something in Night <laughs> yeah, at the he Museum. Sure yeah, was, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah.
3: and um, he was in Twilight. And, I never saw the right, Twilight movies Right, yeah I, I know that shocks you But Well, no, it doesn't Because you're not a 14-year-old th- th- girl This but, is true But but here's the thing I haven't I saw I forced myself to watch The first Breaking Dawn Part 1 I, I still haven't seen it Part 2 I, I mean, it's shot at Celtic shot all around Baton Rouge But I can't force myself to do it It's just My time is valuable And I, you know It's like God How'd you get
0: through that Without <laughs> bourbon? <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it. Well, there,
3: again, there were, there was part one and part two. Part one was enough for me. <laughs> Jeez,
0: man. Uh, so so him, and then and the most spec- Well, before I ask that question, I was, I, I'm going to ask about the most spectacular scene that you've that you've seen shot. Where obviously some things were to imagination because there uh, there's a lot in movies now that happen after the camera stops, the computer takes over and enhances it. But before I before we get to that. The last time I was there, we saw the set of the the, the WGN show. The um, oh, underground, underground. Sure. Yeah, it was. Folks, y- you cannot imagine the intricate amount of detail in these sets. So Pat takes me into, I guess, one of the plantation homes. Mm-hmm. Now on the outside, it just looks like a a wooden square with window holes. You know, spaces for windows. And then the closer you get to it, you see the set on the inside. And if if you started in there, moving around, you would swear that was an actual house someplace out in southern Louisiana or right. south Mississippi or wherever. It was so well done. That part of this, to me, is so fascinating, what they can do with creativity. And so that leads to the question, the most the most either inspiring or just oh my God moment you
3: had watching something happen? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I think the one that will always stick out in my mind was one of the first big set visits that I did on the lot when I first started working there for Battle Los Angeles. And they blew up something over at the old, remember the before it was the Costco, it was an old Coca-Cola That's plant. right. That's right. And so they rented that and out in the parking lot where they had, you know, again, this is the apocalypse with, you know, crashed helicopters right. and toppled over buildings and flipped buses and... And so there's this alien battle, and they, they basically said, listen, we're going to blow something up today that's going to be so loud that it's going to shake everything you know in the neighborhood. And so why don't you guys come out and watch it so that you're not frightened by it when it happens, because this is going to be very, very loud. And so, oh, that sounds fun. And so we get out there, and it's this big hurry up and wait. You know, that's the film industry. It's like right. you wait, you right. wait, and wait. they're trying to get everything just right. right. You know, the camera, the making sure that everything is perfect, you know, on, on the way it, when it it explodes. And so we finally got to the point where just kind of like, you know, can we go now? (laughs) And then you hear some guy go three, two, one. And then it was this, I mean, so big, there was a mushroom cloud that just appeared over. Really? I mean, Everything shook. You felt every organ in your body shake just from the shockwave that that came out of this thing. And and like some, one of my friends was actually using his video phone to kind of capture it, and uh, you could hear me. You can drop a couple of, of expletives. <laughs> <couple of extra. laughs> I mean, I was like a kid, but like I mean, scared. It, and when you felt the wave of heat come off of it, I was yeah. like, oh my god, did that take my eyebrows off? <laughs> I mean, it was hot. Really, it, it was amazing. So that's that one's hard to forget, just because of the, the physical uh, way it. But I'm glad you brought up Underground, though, yeah. because. And that really kind of puts things in perspective. That was by design, by the way, yeah, yeah. because a good segue. Because Underground mm-hmm.
0: started its first season here. That's exactly right. And then the second season was produced someplace else.
3: Savannah, yeah.
0: Savannah, Georgia. And one of the motivating factors behind that, perhaps the motivating factor behind that was what the legislature had done here that dealt with
3: the movie industry. You can take it from there. That is safe to say. Okay, so let me take you back to the first half of 2015. Okay. In Baton Rouge, we were on fire. In fact, uh, Movie Maker Magazine declared Baton Rouge the number one small city in America Mm -hmm. to live and work as a filmmaker. Yep. You know, I mean, whether that's true or not, I'll take it. I think you one know, of the um, things
0: about it, Pat, though, is celebrities who come here yeah. realize that this is not a
3: star-struck town. That's exactly right. <laughs> we are about business here. We're you know? about business, you, and you can go get a great meal, and you can have a good time, and no you doubt. can hear live music, no and doubt. all of the above, you know. But you're right. You uh, somebody can, yeah, Tom Cruise, for example, could walk around the LSU lakes with, uh, you know, Siri. he's married, to, yeah, the, yeah, with little girl, because Sur- he yeah. was at
0: Pizza Kitchen
3: uh, in Perkins Row sure. a lot. I mean, I know they love that place. They've been there, but. You know, uh, people who saw him in another broken egg. I yeah. mean, he was just kind of like one of the community yeah. while he was here, you yeah. know, and it, I think that they miss that in L.A. I mean, you're not going to get paparazzi chasing you around. Not Baton, Baton Rouge. There. Yeah. No. Yeah. The most is somebody's going to want a selfie. You know, I saw that happen at Tsunami with some sure. of the Breaking Dawn folks.
0: But. but I mean, it's it's but people here are polite about it. Oh, I mean, yeah. it just isn't. We aren't a gawker town.
3: No. No, we're not impressed by that. No. I, I'm not impressed no, by that. No, know? not at all. It, and know. quite
0: frankly, when you're in a restaurant, you want to eat. It's like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so over there. That's wonderful. You know? No, I'm waiting on my steak. So, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the way we roll. But 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 yeah. back to the point so, there.
3: So, again, first half of 2015, on top of having the Fantastic Four reshoots, mm-hmm. and they keep coming back, um, we have Underground. Mm-hmm. Sony is doing this for WGN. And like yeah. I said, this is a very critically acclaimed show. Absolutely. About the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. Um Got you know, kind of an appeal to a younger audience. Yeah, uh, I mean, you'll hear like Kanye like playing or something on a, yeah. a show about the underground. But it's really kind of cutting edge. And right. So we were proud of it. Um, Sony did it for WGN, one of the highest rated shows in the history of WGN, if mm-hmm. not the highest mm-hmm. rated show. Um, but on top of that, we had Happen Leonard, which was a Sundance Channel show. The second season of that is about to come out, um, and of course, they shot that in right. Georgia yeah. uh, as well. Yeah. Um, but again, they were here for season one and MTV Scream, uh, the the you know the Scream from the 90s. The- That's right. Harsh. They, did, did
0: they, they did
3: redo that, they right? I didn't that, see it. They turned it into a TV series for MTV. Oh, how and, bad did that suck? <laughs> I think they may be about to get ready to do their third season. Okay, good. It's got its own little teen audience. Yeah. You know, that's it's fine. I don't judge content. No, I, I, not at all. <laughs> not so, at all. So think about it. Three, I can do without some of those Volkswagen commercials I've been seeing lately, but yeah. yeah. So Three scripted television series, yeah. the Fantastic Four reshoots, and then the Magnificent Seven comes to town. Yeah. You've got Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke, and you've got That's Chris right. Pratt. That was here? That was here, yeah. They built an entire western town outside of Jackson, Louisiana. Dude, I that mean, was shot in Louisiana? Absolutely it was. Now, portions of it were shot in New Mexico. Yeah. But, but, you know, for the most part, you don't even realize that when you're looking at that western town, they are sieging mountains in the background, you know? That's that the, is that's the miracle, fascinating. Huh? Yeah. By the way, one hell of a movie. I thought so too. I thought it, uh, they did a, a decent job. A lot of people are sacrilege to remake a classic like that, but
0: that movie was well done. Denzel Washington, I think, is he, he may be one of the top two or three greatest actors who have ever lived. Yeah, this guy's sixty years old doing horse shooting tricks. He's on a horse, <laughs> and I mean, it's him. You could see it's him, and I guess that's why he lost all of that weight. And, and but. Anyway, well, maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was a CGI face on a younger guy. But yeah. uh,
3: but but you, you, I hate to interrupt well, he, you. He here. I just on, didn't know no, that no, was done here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was even on the lot at Celtic for camera tests with the horses and all that. You know, wow. Which I thought was pretty cool. So, I mean, they didn't actually shoot, you know, because, again, it was all shot on location. At, sure. Al Jackson. Uh, I know, because he, not as you mentioned it, he spoke to, like, the Boys and Girls Club or something. He sure here. did. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Chris Pratt, one of the nice, again, yeah. I didn't get to meet him, but the folks in the studio, this is one of the best stories in the world. So... Remember Jurassic World was coming out that summer while he was here shooting it. And so a month before it came out, Universal says, hey, look, he needs a place to screen it and see it. You know, um, can you guys do it at Kelter? We're like, absolutely. So I had to go home, but he came in that evening and um, Brooke O'Neill, who works there and a couple of others, got to stick around to show the movie for him. And he had never seen it before. And again, we're all worried, you know, usually when something like this happens, a guy from universal shows up with a suitcase and it's chained to his wrists and (laughs) (laughs) steal it pirate or whatever. Right. Right. And that may or may not have happened, but he came with his wife Anna Ferris and he apparently was like the coolest, nicest guy in the world. That's good. Always good to hear. And basically the, the Baton Rouge folks who were there, like just making sure things went smoothly. He's like, y'all want to watch a movie? And so they got to see Jurassic World a month before it came out. Wow. And he's like, you got any beer? <laughs> <laughs> found a couple of beers for yeah, him, you know, yeah. and he had the best time enjoyed it. And everybody it was a great movie. I loved Jurassic World. I thought it it was out really good. Yeah. It was really good. So, um, so again, first half of 2015 was just jam packed full of all kinds of stuff. And then the legislature just kind of right. goofed it up that session, you know, right. in the, uh, in the spring and, You know, people's like, well, you you know, well, that just goes to show you that you couldn't have it with a cap. It's like, no, 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 no. We were okay with putting a cap on it. It was how you capped it. Well, let's explain that to people
0: because most people are, are, you know, they're in the area of the layman when as it relates to anything legislative. Sure. Uh, Let's first of all explain what what existed and then what the legislature did.
3: Well, so Louisiana's had this tax credit, you Mm -hmm. know, that dates back to like 2002 and it's gone through very, you know, several variations of like what the percentage was and how it works. And, um, but it's been pretty stable since like 2009 Mm -hmm. in some senses, which was part of our selling point. And the strength of the program was that like Louisiana's stable. They don't, you know, the, it's very simple how it works. They don't change the rules on you. Right. Um, and so we were really attractive. Uh, and so as you got, of course, we had these terrible budget pressures, you know, in, in 2015. And um, out of desperation, they said, "Well, we need to rein this program in to where it doesn't, you know, grow out of control." Right. And, um, and so we were amenable to that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what you want to do is you want to limit the number of promises you make, not the number of promises you keep. Okay. Right. That's how any good government That's program, right. anything should should right. work. Is like. That's just—I tell my kids that, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, yeah. we should all live that way. Yeah, limit the number of promises you make, not the number of promises you keep. That's right. Well, that's how it works. In well, first of all, Georgia is making an unlimited amount of promises and keeping them all. Okay, right. so there is no cap in Georgia. Right. Okay, so that's why they're, they're our huge competitor. The state of New York uh, limits the number of promises they make to four hundred twenty million a year. Okay. Mm. California now has a, a program, that, and they limit their promises to. 330 million per year yeah Louisiana they capped at 180 million but what they did is they said we're going to continue to make an unlimited amount of promises but we're only going to honor up to 180 million per year and that included all the promises that they had made over the past it was retroactive years. right which was ridiculous exactly and so everything ground to a halt yeah. that was looking to use those for financing mm-hmm. you know and because you can Used to, you could actually borrow against the future value mm-hmm. of your credit and get cash flow. Yeah. And um, it's, a, which was a huge bonus for independent filmmakers because yeah. not everybody is Warner Brothers. Not everybody right. has hundreds of millions That's of right. dollars. To, That's right. And not everybody can wait forever to for the state to, you know, to live up to what it says it's going to do. So um, when they did this, it just, the bottom fell out, you know, and, and so. Like I was, I've told people before, it was so weird and ironic to me that when the flood happened on August 14th of 2016, it was exactly one year to the day that underground had quit rolling at Celtic. So it had been one year since we'd had a major production shooting at the studio when the buses started rolling in. So, um, I don't know if that's the universe was (laughs) trying to tell me something. I don't know, but, uh, you know, again, New Orleans is New Orleans and will always be New Orleans. and will always be a draw, you know, and, uh, people are willing to gamble like NCIS, New Orleans. Yeah. It, it's got to go to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So, whereas they weren't happy with the way, you know, Louisiana kind of handled his business, they weren't going to leave. Right. And others had the wherewithal to say, you know what? Yeah. It might take me two to three years to get my credits, but I, I'm going to risk it. Cause I need the location right. and all that. Order. Right. Um, but, look at, at one point LED said that the industry was off by 80% in Louisiana from where we were. And, and I believe that. Yeah. And, and Baton Rouge, we felt it even worse. We've had these problems since day one yeah. that I've been dealing with. Yeah. Baton Rouge is obviously it's not New Orleans. No. We don't have direct flights. We don't nope. have the huge uh, skyscrapers right. or, or whatever. I mean, those things are, are, are obviously an issue, but there's a union issue. It is actually more expensive to shoot outside of New Orleans because of something they call a production center status. Okay, and Baton Rouge didn't have it. I've been trying to get it for, you know, <laughs> eight years at right. the very least. Right. And tried to get, uh, you know, in, in 2015 to, for the union, just go ahead and clear Baton Rouge. Just give us a level playing field. Right. They wouldn't do it. And so, again, we had the same old issue, which means on a, a film like Fantastic Four, for example, mm-hmm. it will cost you over a million dollars more to shoot in Baton Rouge versus New Orleans, okay? Real. On a scripted television series like Underground, it's about a million dollars. So you're, you're looking... At this real, uh, you know, hindrance mm-hmm. for us. You know, again, I've been fighting this battle with one arm tied behind my back the yeah. entire time because, yeah. you know, again, we're not in New Orleans. Yeah, the big stages made a big difference, and the ease of shooting in Baton Rouge makes a big difference, and you, know, you can actually cut cost on things like parking yeah. and stuff like that because yeah. it's New Orleans could be more expensive in that yeah. regard, uh, housing, especially like hotels and that kind of thing. But when it comes down to it, it's just it was this really, really unfair way the system has been set up Mm -hmm. that you know nobody has a level playing field with new orleans for crew so if i'm a crew guy from baton rouge and i see that like if i go to new orleans to work they're not going to give me anything for housing and for diem but if i have a new orleans address and i have to work in baton rouge Mm -hmm. i'm going to get housing and for diem so Mm -hmm. what do you do you move to new orleans right or you keep at least keep a new orleans address right so that you can get that extra money and on paper, it looks like we just don't have a workforce. I mean, we've try- done all kinds of things to try to grow the, the local workforce. And the truth is, the work follows the crew, and, and the work, uh, the crew follows the work, work That's follows the right. crew. Right. And so when we were busy and things were going, I mean, we were growing a little crew base here. And so we totally deserved to be a production center because we had so many people who, ah, it's just home and I right. like working here. Right. But when things get slow, it's like they realize that, I better get that New Orleans address and go work down there, you know? And so that's been really frustrating for me. We've done everything we could, like, from the negotiations with the unions. Mm-hmm. But here we are in 2017, and everybody realizes that even New Orleans realizes that <clears throat> this is an issue, because this is a statewide program. Right. This isn't just a New Orleans industry. It's not yeah, supposed to there's be. Yeah, because there's a production studio in Shreveport, or at least there was. There sure is. Uh, and...
0: and You're right that it's gone dark. It 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 has gone dark, and just with this, so what the legislature capped and then retroactively retroactively impacted, as you say, promises that they had made, and then the well started to dry up. So obviously that means people stopped coming here. That's right. But let's give let's give the you know people listening a granular
3: reflection of what that means when production stops
0: you got to start laying people off
3: oh, that's exactly right i mean obviously you know it's happened with us at celtic yeah. right? but i mean this is statewide yeah that anybody who was in the business you know and they were not you know if, if nothing's coming you know then then you're in trouble if you're a vendor you know yeah. um you know and that's why there's a big push for us to kind of get away from just facilitating we need to do a little bit more so that we're not so dependent upon outsiders yeah which means I mean, what Wow. Okay, so you know there is a bill right now. Uh, Senator J.P. Morrell has built SB 235 that's uh-huh. addressing a lot of these issues that we've been talking about. Uh-huh. So, for example, you know we have this back end cap that's really screwing it up. Okay, this is going to put the front end cap on it um, instead of the back end. Or they're still trying to figure out how do we get out of the back end. Right. Uh-huh. But but that's the number one thing. It's like okay, we're going to bring stability and certainty back to this uh-huh. thing. Uh-huh. They may even cut the number that we have. I mean, we're at 180 right now. It may go down a little bit. I don't know. But as long as that you know what it is and you know what the deal is, then then you know we can be a top four, top five state in the U.S. And I'm still, okay. uh, yeah. even even still, even still. I mean, if the, if the bill that's there right now passes, we'd still be a top four, top five state.
0: Don't you think there is more of a taste to support this now than maybe there was a year or so ago because people didn't really realize how much we were going to uh, lose
3: the, the impact and the hundreds of millions that it's cost New Orleans, yeah. especially. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's safe to say. I mean, the small businesses are speaking up. You know, if you go to filmlouisiana.com, there's like several videos that have been mm-hmm. made, and everything from the, the building material suppliers to the office furniture suppliers to, I mean, the paint stores, you name it, they're all saying, just do you, do you understand what you did to my business? You right. killed my business right. by doing, you know, which, so.
0: which goes to the point about the movie industry has not had an economic impact on Louisiana to the positive. There there have been lawmakers who have said, hey, this hasn't really made us any money. This hasn't really done anything for Louisiana's quote-unquote
3: bottom line. Right. And obviously, that isn't the case. It is not the case. There, there's a lack of understanding, and there is a lot of faith in a, I mean, I don't know how to put it any other way, but a, a bad study. The, yeah. the study that LED has done yeah. two, two, twice in a row now. I mean, again, nothing against Dr. Lawrence Scott, but this yeah. is a guy who normally does studies for Exxon and BP. Mm-hmm. He understands the oil industry and petrochem like the back of his hand, but I don't know that he understands things like residuals with yeah. films. I mean, there are people to this day who shot something 10 years ago who are getting mailbox money in Louisiana. Yeah. Whether they're uh, in the SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, on the, or they're a producer, uh, director, mm-hmm. Um, but you can get mailbox money for the rest of your life in right. some senses if you know I mean, we always joke about like well so-and-so is always playing on HBO it's right like, yeah and he's getting a check right that's, that's <laughs> exactly right and, yeah. and
0: it's so funny you mentioned that because and and now now with the existence of digital media the Netflixes the Hulu's the Apple TVs of the world there are so many other ways mm-hmm. for these these shows to live on outside of even cable no question
3: yeah yeah and and I don't, again, Dr. Scott didn't do anything to capture that, okay? I mean, he can't capture certain things unless you really dig into it. Like Duck Dynasty. I mean, think about what Duck Dynasty has done for Monroe for two (laughs) aspects. Number one, from like what Duck Commander is now, an empire. You know, I mean, before that show aired, you had maybe a dozen guys building duck calls. Mm -hmm. They had to hire 70 people just to meet demand on duck calls in the first year. And that's just the duck calls. I mean, this is a merchandising empire. Real life "Quote unquote Beverly Hillbilly story." It really, I mean, really, I mean, these
0: these people are millionaires. I mean, it's through creativity and hard work, but that show has taken what they had to an even
3: higher level. There's no question; it created hundreds of millions of dollars worth of wealth. No question. And on top of that, the bigger issue to me is tourism, and I don't know that that's getting measured correctly. And Dodd even admits that he can't measure correctly. Um, he says it doesn't pass the laugh test, but here, here this is the, this is a true fact from 2015. I know this and I believe it. Um, it got dismissed as like, oh, that's like a daily report online poll, but it, it's not. So let me explain it to you. People who come to New Orleans to the Convention and Visitors Bureau or mm-hmm. asked like, would you like to leave your email address and we'll send you information about festivals and things that are happening in New Orleans, you know? And so thousands of people come through and they give them their email address. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good way to conduct a survey sure so they surveyed all those people who came through there and they asked them what made you come here what 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 drove you to get here whatever 14.5 percent of them said i saw a film or a television show shot in new orleans and it made me want to come wow okay so let's extrapolate that yeah you know look we're having this record year right now 47 million tourists came through louisiana according mm-hmm. to uh crt yeah and if that's the truth, then let's be conservative. Let's just say that maybe 10% or let's say 5 million of them came because they saw it. you have to measure that economic impact and what that meant for hotels and restaurants and everybody else, you know? So, and at a time when we can't afford to just throw money for CRT's advertising budget, we're cutting back on them. Right. They're actually experiencing record growth. Right. You can't tell me that like a NCIS New Orleans, which is just one big commercial for the city, isn't having some kind of impact and it's kind of filling in the gap. I listen, I think you're right.
0: I was, uh, I was in Natchitoches last week and Natchitoches actually I did not know this. That's it sounds bad, Louisiana, and I guess it's like the meat pie capital of the world. <laughs> it sure is. And so I went to Laguian's with a friend of mine, Tony Davis, there. And by the way, if you're going to North Louisiana, you might want to stop through there. That thing was glorious, and oh, yeah. I inhaled it in record time. <laughs> but he was telling me about tourists who come through there, and there's actually they they uh, there there's a bus of people who travel through uh, Natchitoches and they bring them to that restaurant. There was a tour of them going
3: upstairs to have a meal. So you're absolutely right. You know what they're there for? Steel Magnolias.
0: Exactly right. Steel Magnolias. You know when that shot? God, that was
3: 1989. Yeah. I was going to say that's got to be almost 30 years ago. Exactly. That's why my argument is the film and television industry is the gift that keeps on giving. If you do it correctly and and you get it here, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going to have some conversations because I, I don't feel like Louisiana is capitalizing on right. that enough. For example, in New York right now, you can go and take the Sex in the City tour. <laughs> you can take the Seinfeld tour. Yeah. You can take the Sopranos tour. Yeah. These are things that have long been off the air. Right, But right. they still have this amazing following. You right. Know? I mean, look, we've got Twilight. We've got True Blood. We've got all kinds of things that have shot here that I think if somebody really wanted to to capitalize on, that they could.
0: I, I agree with you. So let's talk about now, today. Hmm? We mentioned it we referenced it in the in the open of of the of our conversation that at the end of june you're going to be leaving celtic
3: why okay (laughs) i know a lot of people think i'm crazy but 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 let me try to explain okay i've I've been there for eight years you know it's been a great run Mm -hmm. i've enjoyed every bit of it you know um it's one of those things where number one Everything is dependent upon the legislature. Sure. You know, and, and that's kind of frustrating. My job has become more about politics than production. And that's got to suck. <laughs> it does, and it doesn't. It 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 doesn't in the sense that I've learned so much about Louisiana and the budget and the way we do things and the uh-huh. way our government works. Uh-huh. And I understand that we have bigger and deeper problems in the state that, that have got to be addressed. Sure. Um, And so if we're ever going to turn the corner, I mean, I get frustrated when I see things like U.S. News and World Report saying that we're the worst state in America. Mm -hmm. We're we're, we're 50, you know. I feel like we've been trying to, we've been moving the needle a little bit with the film industry, getting millennials to come back and and young people because that's where it's at. I mean, that's how you grow. Um, that's how you attract other companies you mm-hmm. have to have a creative class I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a firm believer in that Richard Florida has written all kinds of books about it so if anybody just go look up Richard Florida in the creative class and you'll understand that that's where we need to go and that's, a, that's critical you know and I feel like we've done our part with the film industry with that yeah. but I can only do so much renting stage and office space right, right. you know and uh while I enjoy doing that and I enjoy being a host and rolling out the red carpet and all that, I mean I just I've reached the point where it's like, you know, I'm forty one, man. I don't want to be fifty one or sixty one just renting stage space when right. I, I may have a little bit more to offer. Sure. You, you know? Sure. So I'm makes, looking that makes that does make sense. So I'm looking at it from that perspective that okay, let's say the legislature just screws it up again. Let's say that we they get desperate and they do something really dumb and Yeah, that's possible. And they, they take everything that we've invested in for the past 10, 15 years and they throw it all away, Mm -hmm. which I think is like that. I mean, that's the most wasteful thing you could possibly do. Mm -hmm. But again, some people just understand it and they're prone to knee jerk reactions. And and that's a possibility. If that happens, then I would just be basically running an industrial park or something at that point because the films will not, they will find another place to go because there are too many, there's too much competition out there. Yeah. And so, if that happens, I mean, I don't really want to run an industrial park. Right, right, <laughs> you know? right, right. So, that's scenario one. Scenario two is this. Let's say that we do fix this. Mm-hmm. Let's say that we do. And that this bill that I was talking to you about, I mean, again, it has these things like the additional 5% for shooting outside of New Orleans yeah. is going to level the playing field. The rest of the state is going to start seeing and feeling that economic impact right. if things will venture outside of New Orleans. Right. That's... It, that whole union thing I talked about, it levels the playing field. So that, mm-hmm. that would be a game changer, number one. Number two, again, we, we make it stable with the front end cap, uh, You know that you can know that I could, I could bring a TV series, and this is part of the bill too, a TV series could come to Baton Rouge, and they could know that the deal that the state gave me when I first got here is the same one that would be in existence for the next five years that would be huge because yeah. right now they're scared to death that we might pull the rug out from underneath yeah. them, you know, in yeah. season two or season three and they right. have to move because that actually just happened. Yep. So that's in that bill. So that gives some, some stability. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, you'd see some people planning roots. My point is this, if we fix it and we do these things that we're talking about, I mean, there's even some additional sweeteners to try to make it so that Louisiana is actually creating its own content. And if that, is the case, then I would be kind of crazy not to go further down the rabbit hole Uh um, of actually uh, putting together a film fund. I I don't know if you said, but I have been working on something that is going to be kind of Vellishu-centric. Really? We call it the Purple and Gold Film Fund, um, (laughs) and we want to kill as many birds with one stone (laughs) by doing this as possible. Okay, so think about what Rudy did for Notre Dame. Yeah. There's no reason that we can't do some movies... Like that for LSU. Right. I mean, the the world is ready for a new Pistol Pete movie, you know? Well, the, yeah, absolutely. And,
0: you know, the story of Shaquille O'Neal uh, alone. Shaq story would be I mean, awesome, yeah. Because of, because of how he has never separated himself from LSU. Yeah. From the time, you know, obviously LSU playing there put him on the map. He gets drafted. He, you know, finishes college and gets two advanced degrees. And then he gets the on the ground sh- floor on
3: Google. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's you know, right. I mean, and so so it's it's he's been fascinating, and and like you said, Pistol Pete Maravich, and I mean, you could you could do. So I don't. I wonder why ESPN has never done a short film on less first year here uh, and what was going on that year, and then with you know with the playing Alabama. Um, you know, and, and that following year, but something like that, you would think they'd,
3: I don't know. Well, you're hitting the nail on the head, which is that I believe we have great stories to tell that are centered around LSU. And, um, I want to be LSU's chief propagandist. I want, (laughs) I want to get these movies and TV shows made that introduce the world to, to what it is that we love about Baton Rouge and LSU, you know? So that's kind of goal number one. Goal number two, obviously is like, it's like Trump's golden rule, which, uh, He who's got the gold makes the rules. That's right. Okay? Well, we've got the gold because we've got the fund that we're putting together. We're going to insist that it's shooting Baton Rouge, number one. Number two, we're going to train LSU students. And LSU is on the verge of having a bona fide film program uh, that Mm. will start this fall. Uh, You know, I mean, again, we want something that's going to rival what they have at the University of Texas. Uh, And we're getting closer to that every day. So let's say we're going to have LSU students Mm -hmm. working on it. LSU grads. I mean, why not make an effort to hire as many LSU graduates that are local and want to stay here? Uh-huh. As pop- and again, if you're making the rules, then you can do that. Right. Um, you know, bigger than that, let's, this is not just like a, you know, to train students, this is to actually make money, you know. And so if you believe in LSU, um, why not do what we call venture philanthropy, you know, which is like, okay, I'm going to hope that uh, that that I get a return on my investment, and and you probably will if, if it's done correctly. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, in a worst case scenario, you help the university, All right. You know, and let's hope that this thing hits it so big. Let's let's say it was like Black Swan. You know, some yeah. some Louisiana investors helped make yeah. Black Swan. Yeah, thing made 392 million at the box office of like a 10 million dollar investment. Yep. You know, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. I mean, God is not dead. That shot here in Baton. Rouge. Right. That thing cost less than a million dollars to make. It made 62 million at the box.
0: Well, office. Well, look at that para paranormal activity genre. The first one, they shot for like a couple of $5 bills and a peanut butter sandwich. (laughs) Or the Blair Witch Project. (laughs) Or the Blair Witch Project, which I think was the the beginning of a lot of that because that movie shot for almost nothing. Right. And I think they
3: redid it. I haven't seen it. uh, Well, my point is this. We want box office coming back to Louisiana. We want mailbox money coming here versus California or New York or China. Yeah. Yeah. So, Keeping that in mind, that's that's a big part of the goal here. But it could keep going back into the fund. It could keep going back into the foundation. Yeah, it yeah. could go back to LSU. You yeah. know, let's let's make a ton of money sure. and go hire more professors. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you know that's the goal here. It's it's like when you, when you try to do something that's more than just just to make a quick buck. Yep. If you have bigger goals yep. and you and you try to help as many people as possible. Yep. Then I think it's a good idea, and I think that it's worth pursuing. Well, it's clear. That you have a plan, and <laughs> and
0: I haven't seen I haven't seen you this passionate about something in a little while, and and I think that that is that's spot on. So, final a qu- couple of questions here. One, the legislature gets this right, yes. and it does appear that the industry is going to start coming back and and this time we plan on keeping them.
3: I'm knocking is, on wood. Well, is
0: there any is is there any circumstance under which you would say okay, I'll hang out at Celtic maybe another year to make certain that we
3: set this up or is your de- decision there final? Uh, you know, again, when we talk about things like outside employment stuff, so it's like, I can't be tied behind my desk, focusing strictly on renting. Oh, sure. sure, that, can't, sure. That, can't, that needs to be somebody else's. Day. And, and yeah. the stages, if, if, if things are, are like they were, the stages sell themselves yeah. and Aaron Bayhams over there. I mean, the Celtic would be just fine yeah. if we, if we fix this thing, I, they know we, I'm a, you know, we am I'm, I'm parting on good terms yeah. they, they've said, oh, Look, sure. you know, we, I mean, I could be a consultant for them. I could do any number of things, you know. As, at, But not necessarily just working for the company right? right. I mean, I could, in a different capacity. What sure. my ultimate goal is to be a client of theirs. I mean, yeah. what I want to do is to be that producer who says, hey, look, guys, I've got something really good here. It's going to need some stage space, going to need some, you know, grip and lighting equipment and, mm-hmm. and all that, you know. So. And
0: that leads me actually to the final question. How confident are you that the legislature will get this right and that you will be at some point in the near future a potential client of Celtic.
3: <laughs> you know, I'm going to say 75. percent That's optimistic. Sure. You know, I'm optimistic. I mean, more likely than not, there yeah. is always that possibility that things go off the rails and people get desperate and make stupid decisions. That's happened. I've seen it happen <laughs> a few times. <laughs> you know, yeah. so um, you know that's that's the hope. And, and you know, look, I'm I, I'm trying to be as open minded about things as possible as well. I mean, yeah. in the sense that. You know, maybe something. there's another opportunity out there yeah. that it might not even be film-related. I mean, yeah. there may be something that I that I can use my talents to do. So. And, and I've got a couple of irons in the fire, and people are saying, look, you really should go, you know, you'd be good at this. So, we'll see. You may see me doing something, even though they fixed the film stuff. Right. I may be able to take this purple and gold stuff and hand it off to somebody. Yep. You know? Yep, yep. So, um, anyway, I'm not... I'm not giving up on Baton Rouge. I'll put it like that. People, there's people trying to tell me I got to move to Atlanta. I don't want to move to Atlanta. It's not gonna happen. No, no. I mean, and and
0: I do think there is a reason to be pretty bullish on on what's happening in Baton Rouge right now. So. Patrick Mulhern, leaving Celtic Studios, but not leaving the industry. And we all have our fingers crossed that the
3: legislature will vote the right way. Thanks for coming in, bud. Amen, man. It's always a pleasure. Anytime. I'll be back.
0: (laughs) Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. Mark your calendars now for the 2017 Smoke em If You Got em fundraiser taking place on Sunday, May 21st at Ben 77 Bistro in Perkins Row. The event starts at 4 o'clock. It'll feature live music, food, a live and silent auction, and a special guest will be at this year's event as we benefit the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. Taya Kyle will be in attendance.
2: What a fun way to serve our country, to come out and have a good time at the event with the cool name is Smoke Em If You Got Em. I'm going to be there. I would love to see you there. Come out, have a good time. Live music, cigars, good food. Sunday, May 21st, 4 p.m., Bin 77 Bistro in Perkins Row. I can't wait to see you there. It's going to be a fun day.
0: Tickets are available online at chriskylefrogfoundation.org or clayyoungent.com. You can also buy them at the door. It's the 2017 Smoke Em If You Got em fundraiser, Sunday, May 21st, presented by Orion Instruments.
3: This is The Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com.
0: So there you have it, Patrick Mulhern. I'm really hoping we can get that worked out. I'd hate to see all of the hard work done by so many end up with us not being able to have movies done here. It was always my hope when when this thing first came along that we would see the movie industry grow to the degree that many... Young people who have wanted to be in this industry would not have to uproot and go to California or Atlanta or some other place to live their dream that they would be able to do it here. And it looked as though we were moving in that direction. And I will admit the ROI wasn't exactly totally where we wanted it, but as most of us in business know, it it does take time to get something to where we need it to be. As long as there is hard work going into it and we're seeing some return, I just... I think that the, that patience was definitely worth it. So you heard it earlier with Leo Verde from Sullivan's Sunday, April 30th. This Sunday, as we record this, at Sullivan's Steakhouse there will be a fundraising gala for the Capital Area Law Enforcement Foundation, and then there's a golf tournament the Monday after. No, I am not playing. Hadn't played in a while. My game has sucked anyway, but I will definitely be there. And on Sunday, May 21st, in Ben77, Inside of Perkins Row, it's the 2017 Smoke Them. If you got 'em. if you haven't gotten tickets there, you can get them at ChrisKyleFrogFoundation.org or a link at ClayYoungEnt.com. You can buy your tickets there. The ticket is basically a $100 donation to the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. You'll get a complimentary cigar, access to the whiskey tasting that we're going to have there, as many burgers or hot dogs as you can eat from the grill station. We're really kind of... Easing it out a little bit so people will be able to do that. Uh, We'll have a live and a silent auction. Live music. Matt Moscona, who is the host of After Further Review on ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge. And the ESPN affiliate in New Orleans will be there helping with the auction. Uh, Taya Kyle. Chris Kyle's widow and the leader of the Chris Kyle frog foundation will be in attendance. This year's event is presented by Orion instruments and we just added Geico insurance, Geico insurance of Baton Rouge to the list of sponsors for this year's event. Don Juan cigar company is providing the cigar. We've changed it up. It is the Euroa by CLE and that'll be featured there. That'll be the complimentary cigar. So many great things and we still have more surprises. In fact, we are going to have a replica of the Saints Super Bowl championship ring and a replica of the last LSU football championship ring as well. So more information about Smoke em in the coming weeks. But I'd love to see you at Sullivan's this Sunday, April 30th, as we record. And if you missed it, I'm sure you missed a great time. I'm pretty sure about that. Leo knows how to throw a partee. And with all of that, guys, thank you so much for listening. Share the word. Hit the subscribe button to get the show. When you see our links on Facebook or Twitter, share it with your friends. Tell people who are out there. If there is something you'd like me to talk about on the show that I have not spoken about, shoot me an email, clay at podcast225.com or on one of my social media platforms. With that, you guys have a great one. Take care of yourselves, and I will talk with you next time here on podcast Two Two Five. .com Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Clay Young show.